Well, here we are. We enter into the holiest week of the year. In this week, the church gives us these beautiful liturgies where we can enter into the death and resurrection of Jesus, our Savior. And today we commemorate Jesus coming triumphantly into the city of Jerusalem. The people take palm branches, they take their cloaks, lay them down before him, and they cry out, Hosanna to the King of David. And just a few days after that, those same people will be shouting out, crucify him. The part of the passion narrative that always strikes me is towards the beginning when they're in the garden on the Mount of Olives, and the band of soldiers arrives. It says, they all fled. His disciples, those closest to him, his friends, they all left. They ran away. These are the same men who just a few days before this had seen Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. These are the same men who've been walking with him for years, who watched him multiply the the food, the bread and the fish to feed thousands. Those who've been with him for so long, they all left him. So Jesus entered into his passion and his death completely alone. Even the two revolutionaries crucified next to him, it says, even they were abusing him as he was dying on the cross. And the beauty of the liturgy is that by being present to these liturgies, we're able to be there with Jesus sacramentally. Because when we enter into the liturgy, we're entering into God's time. And God is outside of time. He's not bound by the constraints that we are. And so in a very real way, when we are present for these liturgies this week, we are able to be present with Jesus as he dies on the cross for all of us. We're able to be with him when no one else was. So I just have some simple invitations for you this week. First of all, Let's make this week different than any other week in the year. It's so easy to just get caught up in the busyness and let this week fly by like any other. And then before you know it, it's Easter and you kind of forgot about it and you got to go get the Easter eggs or whatever it may be. This week should feel different. So even if you've completely ignored Lent up until this moment, this is the time to truly enter in. And above all, to enter into the silence of this week. It's meant to be like a little retreat. And in seminary, whenever we went on retreat, we'd always have silent retreats. No talking at all, even during meals, which is very odd being in a room full of 20 guys eating with no talking. It's very obvious when certain people would chew with their mouth open and made more noise. There's something difficult about going on retreat like that. I mean, to this day, I've been on countless retreats like that. And whenever I enter into that silence, it's hard. 
You don't want to be in the silence. You don't want to enter in. And during lunch, you might find yourself carefully studying the ketchup bottle label just to have something to put your mind on. This week should be like that. It should feel different. So turn off the television. Turn off the music. Turn off the radio. Don't listen to any podcasts except for the Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in the Year. You could listen to that one. That's the only one, though. Enter into the silence of this week because it's in the silence that Jesus is able to come in profound ways into our hearts. And secondly, and more importantly, come to the services for the Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and and the Easter Vigil. These are beautiful ancient liturgies in which we are able to be with Jesus in his passion, death, and resurrection. And this is the very foundation of our faith. We believe in a God who is not absent from us, a God who is not a, not in a God who is weak, but a God who is powerful, who conquers over sin and death, who is present among us. And by being at these liturgies, we are able to be present to him. So come on Holy Thursday, our service is at 7 p.m., where we commemorate the Last Supper, the institution of the Eucharist, the institution of the priesthood, where we'll have the, the washing of feet just as Jesus did to his disciples, the same ones who are about to betray him. Come on Good Friday, the service is at 3 p.m., the hour of mercy. It's one of the most ancient liturgies in the Latin rite. The liturgy that we celebrate on Good Friday is the same as it was all the way back in the second century. Christians have been gathering on Good Friday to celebrate the Lord's passion for us for almost 2,000 years. And there's something so powerful about coming together as we place this simple wooden cross here in the front of the church and having all of us come forward one by one to venerate that cross with a bow, with a kiss, with a little touch of the hand. It's a way in which we can be with Jesus when all of his disciples abandon him. And come on Saturday to the Easter Vigil, this beautiful liturgy that begins in complete darkness. Every single light in the church will be off. And we come into the church with the Easter candle lit, representing the light of Christ. We proclaim God's word at length, going through lots of readings from the Old Testament and psalm responses. Or we sing, finally, the Gloria, something we've been abstaining from for Lent. As we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead. And most of all, at the Easter vigil is when our candidates and catechumens, those who have been preparing to become Catholic, will finally be received into the church through the sacraments of initiation, through baptism, confirmation, first communion. I know some of them are probably watching the live stream right now, so we're very excited for you and looking forward to that moment where we'll be able to celebrate with you and welcome you into the church. And on top of that, there's a time for all of us during the Easter Vigil, to renew our own baptismal promises. Those promises that we made many years ago, or maybe our parents made on our behalf when we were just a little baby. 
All of Lent has been in preparation for that moment because it's through baptism that we are joined to the victory of Jesus Christ, the one who is triumphant over death itself. And yes, the Easter vigil is very long. It's about three hours long. It goes almost until midnight. But that's kind of the point. We are staying awake all night because this is a night that is different from any other night in the year. This is a night where we celebrate our king being victorious. So who could sleep on a night like that? So come to the services on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If you've got children at home, bring them. There's something very moving about these services, especially for little ones. We are incarnational beings. We receive our faith through what we see and hear and smell. In this moment of tremendous pain and sorrow, Jesus was abandoned by those closest to him. And they abandoned him because of the threat of the soldiers, the threat of death. But the truth is, many of us today abandon Jesus because we're too busy, because we just don't feel like coming. We've got other things, other priorities. Let's be present to Jesus this week, just as he pours himself out for us so that we can receive all of the graces that he longs to give to us.